Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. But the, but the word, word perspective, perspective comes, comes from a Latin root, root meaning to look, look through. To look through. through. Almost like glasses you put on. To, through what glasses do you look at life? life? Through what perspective of you are you looking at life? life? In, in fact, the, the meaning of the, the word perspective, perspective in, in, so many, in so many areas, everywhere you put the word perspective, every time it means to look at something or to look through something. Now, if you, if you observe the world through a dog's perspective, it actually means that you look through the dog's eyes at life. If you are drawing, the perspective you give your drawing, um, if you are drawing, the perspective you give is that you're giving your drawing depth and, and um, you're giving it depth and distance when you draw. Those of you who draw would know. And if you say someone has perspective, it means that that person has a sensible outlook on life. Now, now, when we get to know Jesus through a process of through salvation, I mean, there is no doubt that your life perspective change. No doubt. If your perspective in life didn't change after salvation, then you really didn't get saved. <laughs> then we need to pray for you again. We need to make sure that you have salvation. Now, the amazing thing is that it, it, it just doesn't happen, poof, and now my perspective has changed, all is done. No, no. There is a constant maturity of our perspective as believers. A constant, ongoing change. Sometimes uh, we, we come to things that gives us perspective as we grow. Sometimes there is things that change our perspective in life as we mature. But as Christians, the Word and our relationship with the Father constantly clarifies our perspective of life. It does. And ask anyone who knows, who's been walking with God for so many years, it, they can still tell you today that my perspective constantly changes every time I open the Word, every time I spend time with Christians, every time I, I spend time with non-believers, my perspective are getting clarified by God. Now for the next few weeks, we are going to look at Paul's letter to the Philippian church. Now see, this book is probably one of the best illustrations how to clarify our perspective of life, no matter what the circumstance you're going through. I want to challenge you in this couple of weeks to read a couple of times through the book of Philippians. Read through it in a couple of translations, Afrikaans, English, whatever language you speak, and read through it and see how God can, can, can speak to you and just minister to you as we're going through this book. Now, before we dive in to this book, let me give you a bit of background on, on, on the book of Philippians. You see, the book of Philippians was a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to the people in Philippi. And Paul started this church in Philippi about 52 years after Christ, after Christ died. 52 years. Now, Paul loved these guys tremendously. He really enjoyed them. He loved them. He journeyed with them. He stayed there for a long time as he planted this church. And, and, and he, he just had a soft spot in his heart for the people in Philippi, Philippi. Now, Paul wrote this letter about 10 years after he planted this church. So he planted a church, he spent a year or two with them, and then he continued his missionary journeys as he'd gone. But, but he, he, he wrote this letter as a response to the Philippian church, to what they did for him. Now, Paul was, was a need. And the Philippian church actually took up a 
a very generous gift for him and I sent it to him. Now, Paul never really received any gift from any church and he planted a lot of churches. Why? Because he was prideful. He said so many times, he said that I don't want to be a burden to any one of you, but I want you to be a blessing to each other. Don't worry about me. And when they actually sent him this gift, he was blown away. He was so blown away that he write, wrote this heartfelt, emotional letter to this church that he really loved. You see, now, as we go through some of the main themes of this book, there's actually one main theme, like a golden thread that runs through this book of Philippians. And that is the theme of joy. Joy. Just joy, full stop. And you'll see as we go through this book what I mean. Now Paul probably mentioned the word joy or rejoice about 19 times in four small chapters. 19 times. He kept on coming back to this theme of joy. Rejoice. Rejoice in God. Now before we continue, I want to I give you and give us a piece of information that can change our perspective of how we read this book. Are you ready? Now, I love it when, when something comes and changes my perspective or betters my perspective. Don't you? When somebody comes and speaks to me and they give me perspective on a certain thing on life, I love that. I love to get a better perspective of how I believe God, how I see life, how I raise my kids, how I do this. How, I mean, I love that. Now, for example, maybe you meet someone and we all met someone, but sometimes we meet someone we really don't, don't like. Come on, let's be honest this morning. I really don't like that person. Why? Because they're rude, they're snobby, they're just stuck up, man. I don't like them. I'm just being honest here. But then you find out something more about that person. Somebody tells you about their story or what they has gone through or what they're going through right now. And you would go like, oh, wow, I really didn't know that. You see, a small piece of information can change our perspective on someone or on something. Or maybe you've watched YouTube videos of, I don't know if you've seen, I really love the emotions in that videos where, where people are born colorblind. And they've they actually designed this dark, um, this um, um, sunglasses that you can put on that actually can help people to see color, that being colorblind. Go and watch it on YouTube. It's, it's quite amazing. And I love when that family member, the grandpa or the dad or even the little boy, put on their glasses and the first time they see color around them. I mean, you can see on their face how the perspective of life change immediately. Now, are you ready for the very important information? Here we go. Are you ready? It's going to change your perspective of how you read this book. Here it is. Paul actually wrote this joyful letter, this letter of appreciation. He wrote this out of a Roman prison. Not out of his house that he retired in, enjoying life. No, no. He wrote this out of prison, a Roman prison. Now, if you look at Acts 22 or 28, it spoke about Paul being chained up to a Roman soldier, chained up to a Roman soldier for two years, nonstop, 24-7, every minute of every day. I mean, think about you sleeping with a Roman soldier chained up to you. You're waking up, you're going to the bathroom, you eat. I mean, a Roman soldier chained up to you. Why? Because he preached the gospel. They chained him up 24-7 for two years before he was executed. Just imagine that. 
Now, Paul's greatest dream was always to preach the gospel in Rome. That was his greatest dream. He just wanted to take the gospel to the Romans because he was a Roman. He was born in Rome and he was raised up Jewish, but he was born there and he had a passion and a heart for the Roman Empire. You see, he wanted to go to Rome as a preacher, but instead he got to Rome as a prisoner. Now, <laughs> think about the perspective change. Through this letter Paul wrote, we will see that by a change of perspective in the middle of a trial, we will see how God can change, how God can give you joy no matter what. Just think of where you are right now in your moment, in your life. How God can, just through a change of perspective, can turn your trial into joy. Now let's read in Philippians 1 verse 2 to 7. Are you ready? You can turn your Bible. I'm reading this morning out of the NIV, the New Living, the New, Inter, New International Version. So whatever translation you have, there's going to be a couple of words that I'm going to focus on that specifically in the NIV that, that, that draws a light to some things I want to say. But, but you can read with me. It's right here on the, on, the, um, on the screen as you follow me. So let's read together. Verse 1. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Paul started all his letters with this. Grace and peace to you. So powerful. I mean, that's a sermon by itself. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with, here we go, with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Then he says, it is right for me to feel this way about you, but about all of you. I mean, see, you could only see, you could see, he really loved these guys. He adored them. He says, let me read, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains, or defining and confirm, or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Isn't that a powerful scripture? Such a loving way to start a letter. You can really see Paul's affection towards his people. It says, I love you so much. You see, Paul says, no matter what I find myself in, you all, all of you, all of the Philippian people, I think he spoke about all his churches. He says that you all share in God's grace with me. God's amazing grace. I believe that Paul knew that, 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 that the Philippi church will, would have been concerned about him. And I think he wrote this letter and started it this loving way just to say, listen, I just want you to be, to be don't, don't worry, just calm down, don't freak out, I'm fine. God is busy with something. Let me show you God's perspective through this. See, he was, he was about to show them a perspective that I think we all can learn from. Now, if there were anything that Paul would change. I'm just thinking, if there would be anything that Paul could change, I guess he didn't want it to be a prisoner, yes? But he would, would have wanted to be free to preach a gospel. He wanted to be free to preach a gospel. That, that was Paul's heart. He didn't want to be chained up. He didn't want to be a prisoner. But he was about to tell, to tell them and to, to share with them a perspective that no matter if he's chained up or not, it will change your life. Now, I want to ask 
all of us a question this morning. And I wanted to be honest. And it's very, on, very important to be honest in, 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 in terms of all these things. How many of, of you right now, if you think about your life right now, something in your life that you, if, if there is something in your life that you want it to be different, or something you wish God would change about your life right now, what would it be? Think about it. Sometimes it's easy to think about something like that. Maybe you have to think a bit deeper. But I feel we all go through the same, same thought so many times in our life that, Lord, maybe I wonder how it would be if that thing could be different in my life. It's like when you are young. And I know there's a lot of young people that's watching this morning. If you are young, you always want it to be older. I want my ID to be 18 because I wanted to drive and do things that I... But when you get older, the only thing you want it to be is younger. <laughs> I mean, isn't it funny? When you are newly married and you've been married for a couple of years, the only thing you want is like, I just want to have kids. And when you get kids and the only thing you just want is like, can our, our kids just grow up faster? <laughs> Till you realize we're enjoying the process so much. Now we all come to the place sometimes that we say, I wish that there was just something about my life that was different. We all come to that place. Now I've got three thoughts. Now if you're taking notes and maybe not, or you're listening to this later on, I want to start out with just three thoughts to line us up to two points this morning. Thought number one is, and you, and you, have, to, you have to get this. Thought, thought number one is, we all have a what and, and don't understand the why. Let me say it again. We all have a what and we don't understand the why. Maybe this doesn't make sense to you. Let me, let me explain. See, we all have a what. A what's going on in my life? I don't understand why, Lord. What is this thing going on in my life? Can you just tell me the why, Father? You see, God, why don't you do something about this what in my life? Have you felt this way before? God, can't you just, just do this? Can't you do something about this thing in my life that's been bothering me? Why am I going through this? You see, so many times in our lives, we have a what, and we don't understand the why. And then the second thought is we need to remember, when we get there, that God always have a why behind the what. <laughs> Maybe I'm confusing you this morning, but listen carefully. See, God always have a why behind the what in my life, behind that thing in my life that's happening that I don't understand now. Now I love that because God is always so intentional. He does everything in our lives intentional. There's a what and God has the why. He's got the answer, the why. The God, God's ways are higher than our ways. You see, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and He's a good God and He's always in control. See, He can take the enemy... He can take what the enemy mean, means for evil and he can turn it into good. You know that scripture? You know that song? He can build our faith through difficult times. And we know that. You see, God has a why in the what that we don't always understand. He has a why in the what that we don't always understand. And you need to get that this morning. Sometimes we want to ask, why, 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 why? But God has the why. He has the why in the what. Now I don't always, the third thought, and it's very important, we don't always have to understand the why. 
to trust God in the what. We don't always have to understand the why. There's a beautiful scripture in, in Proverbs 3 verse 5 that says, and we all know this, it says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not, your own under, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. You see, we don't understand everything to continue to trust, to God, to trust God. Sometimes I want to trust you, Lord, but I don't understand all these things. But God says in Proverbs, He says that you don't have to understand everything. Just trust me. Lean, lean out your understanding on everything else, anything else but on me. See, if you're in a place right now, and there's a challenge that you don't know what to do about, I want to give you two questions. What to ask when life is hard? Because we all get to that. Life gets hard. Life gets tough. And we need some perspective in those times. So what do we ask ourselves to give us perspective in that moment? What do we... Sometimes you need to ask yourself some questions to get yourself from an emotional place to objective place to see that perspective in life. Two questions. Now the first question, we are all tempted, always tempted to ask why. Why Lord? Why does this happen to me? Why, 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 why? <laughs> but I want to encourage you this morning not to start with the why, to jump over the why and to start with the question, now what? Now what? Maybe you can say it with me. Now what? You see, I don't like what's going on, God, but now what? I don't understand this, God, but I trust that you, um, that, that you with the why, I want to know, now what can I do? What will you show me through this process? What can you do through me and in me through this process? Now let's look at verse 12. If you jump on, we just read to verse 7, but let's jump over to verse 12 in Philippians 1. And you're going to see some context now. Verse 12, it says, I'm reading from NIV, you can read with me. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, listen carefully, that what has happened to me has actually served the adv to advance the gospel. It's very important what Paul is saying right here. He says, whatever has happened to me, don't worry about it. It might look to you like something hectic. But I want to tell you that that actually has advanced God's kingdom. You see, Paul says something very powerful here. He says that no matter everything that has happened to me, God used it to advance something. He advanced the kingdom. He did something great. I want to tell you today that maybe there's something in your life that's been happening to you and you've been struggling through and you've been asking why. But I want you to change your perspective to a different question that says, Now what, Lord? What will you do through this tough thing that I'm going through? What are you busy accomplishing? Now this is amazing. You see, if we think that we are going through, if you think of what we are going through right now and compare that to Paul, you, you will have a wake-up call. If you think of what's the toughest thing you're going through right now and you compare that to Paul's life. You see, Paul was stoned to death twice and God raised him out of the death. He, had, he went to one or two shipwrecks where he survived. Poisonous snakes bit him. People he loved 
and, and felt like family disappointed him. And he was imprisoned. Paul went through serious, tough trials in his life. But yet he says, I did it for Jesus' gospel. I did it for the focus on the gospel. Now, my, now did that word advance, just show that last scripture again. That word advance, right here at the end, advance the kingdom, comes from a military term. It actually comes from a military term to move forward. To move forward. Now, in war, they had a small little troop, that a group or troop that went forward and they went ahead to clear the obstacles out of the way so that the army can come past. Clear the landmines, if there were um, things that they had to clear out. So these guys went in, into the heat, cleared the way so that the army can come through safe. You see, Paul is saying that, that what looks really bad is actually God doing something good through the process. God is advancing this thing. He is advancing something good in your life through this process. You see, when we go through challenges, we, we sometimes feel, Oh Lord, this isn't good, eh? I don't, I don't see God in this. I don't feel His presence. I don't understand God. And maybe you say, there's nothing good can come from this thing in my life. I know some of us has felt that way. I have felt that way. But I want to encourage you to stop this morning. Just stop where you are at. Maybe you're right in that moment now. I just want to encourage you to stop and to change your perspective. And then you realize that God is a God who specializes to help us work through things we don't understand. He's a, he's a specialist in those things. If you don't understand something you're going through right now, God knows. And He specializes to help us step through that thing to bring the best out of us. See, we serve a God who can turn what we call obstacles into divine opportunities for Him to show Himself. And the best He can show Himself is through you and through your trials and through your tough things you have to step through. Now see, we serve a God that can take what we call setbacks and He, and he can actually turn them into setups for Himself to be glorified <laughs> and for us to make a difference. I see all of us want to make a difference in life. I know you want, I want to make a difference. All of us wants to make a difference in life. God wants you to make a difference in life, but He wants to be with you and the center of your life through every trial and through every tough thing. He wants you to step through that thing with Him. And if you're willing to step through that thing with Him, that He will be glorified. So how many of you can remember that 3D pictures? Just think quickly. You remember the Heisgenoot praying, that pictures in the Heisgenoot with that little, it, got, it's, it had that little weird um, patterns on it. And if you look at it very intently, a 3D picture will pop up from that thing. You remember that? I mean, it was all over at one, at one time. Maybe if you're younger, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Maybe you're my age and you're like, oh, yes, I remember. No, I looked at that pictures and I looked at it and I looked at it, but I could never see that stupid 3D thing coming out of that picture. And it frustrated me so much. Every time people come to the, whoa, did you see this 3D picture? Look at this one in the Eisgenoot today. Look at this one that is on there. Look at this giant dinosaur that pops out wanting to bite you if you look at this thing. 
And I was so frustrated, I couldn't, I just couldn't see this thing. And I, I just started like, this is, I, I started saying, this is the stupid stuff. I even said, this is for stupid people. <laughs> and instead, I probably was the stupid one. But I struggled and struggled and struggled till one day I said, okay, this is enough. I'm going to take one of those pictures. I'm going to hide in the room and I'm going to look at that thing till I see it. And after about 10 minutes, it felt like my eyes were going to explode. I saw it. I saw that little dolphin popping out, jumping through that hoop. It was amazing. I mean, I was so excited. I was like jumping up and down. And when I looked at it, it was gone. And I never saw it again. But I had a moment. See, I had a moment where God changed my perspective from seeing nothing to suddenly seeing a different picture of something coming out. You see, there will be times when you are in a place where you just don't see it and you don't understand it and you don't like it. But I want to tell you this morning that God is there. He is there. No matter how much I looked at that 3D picture, I knew it was in there, but I couldn't see it. And sometimes in your perspective and things you're seeing and going through, you just won't see that thing. But I want to encourage you this morning that God is in it. He is there with you. See, if you just look through that circumstances, you can actually see that God has a purpose in the middle of your prison. He's got a purpose in the middle of your prison. I don't understand God, but I trust you with the why. Now what do you want me to do? Let me read it again. It says, Lord, I don't understand this thing, but I trust you with the why. So now what do you want me to do? See, instead of asking why, let's ask, Lord, what do you want me to do so that you can be glorified, so that I can be the best man or woman that you have made? Now let's go to verse 13, and this is where it actually comes alive. Man, this is so good. L listen to what Paul said in verse 13. Just the next verse. He says, <clears throat> As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace God and to everyone else that I am in change for Christ. Man. Now I thought, I read this and I said, wait, wait, what? What, Paul? Come on. You are supposed to be in agony. You are supposed to be struggling and suffering. You are in prison, chained to a prison guard. I mean, not joy. You're not supposed to have joy. But Paul says that I am in chains for Christ. Meaning that this benefits Christ more than me. Isn't that amazing? Paul actually says, I want you to look from my perspective here. Stop looking at the worldly perspective that, oh, poor Paul, he's been prisoned. I mean, he's been chained up to this fearful prison guards every day. He can't go to the toilet without a guy next to him. He can't eat. He can't do this. He can't do that. And Paul said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't ask the why thing. Ask, now what, God, will you do when I change my perspective? Will I see you do greater things? Now look at it. See, Paul wanted, listen to this. If we look at Paul's perspective, Paul wanted to preach the gospel to who? To the Romans. Okay? He wanted to go to Rome as a preacher, but instead he went as a prisoner. But look at his perspective. Now he's sitting, he's chained up to who? To a Roman soldier. 
four times a day, four different soldiers. He's chained up to a Roman soldier. Now, this is not any other soldier. This was the imperial guard. This was the best of the best, the leaders among every other soldier. He was chained up to them, not to any other guy, to them, the movers, the shakers of the, the Roman Empire. He was chained up to the guys that needed to be influenced. See, Paul had a captive audience with some of the most powerful people in Rome. People that guarded the palace. That means that Paul was imprisoned in the palace. <laughs> you see, doesn't it give you a different perspective looking at it like that? You suddenly we realize that who is the real prisoner in this story? Paul or the Romans? Isn't that amazing how God works? See, what the Roman soldiers didn't realize was that Paul's test was becoming his testimony. Paul's test was becoming his testimony. I want us to realize today, I want you to realize today that the test you're enduring today could become the testimony you tell tomorrow. It's just, it's all determined about from what perspective of you watching this or enduring this. Now look at verse 14. Verse 14, he's, he go on and he says the following. He says, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Yeah, man, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing to see how God is involved in this thing? He was involved in this thing from the start. So many believers looked, oh man, we lost Paul. Paul is gone, he's imprisoned. We lost the best preacher we had, the greatest evangelist, the greatest missionary, the greatest church planter. Now he's chained up in Rome. What now? But God says, no, 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 wait, wait. From your perspective. But let me show you from my perspective how I can change this thing. So we wake up. And we look at our lives and we're still not financially secure. Now what? Maybe your child is not serving God. Now what? Maybe you didn't get that promotion yet. Now what? Maybe you're losing everything because of all the pandemics and all the COVIDs. And, but you're losing everything. Now what? Now what, God? Now what, Father? What do you want to do in me? How do you want to show yourself through me? See, that's why it's so important not to ask the why, but to ask the what. Now what, Lord? Yes, this happens. But will you change my perspective so that I will see what you're doing right in the middle of this? I want to close today with my second question. And it's going to be a short one. The second question is, so what? First question, now what? Second question, so what? Let's look at verse 15 to 18. NIV, it says, It is true that some, some preach Christ out of the envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preached Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, 
supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in change. Now listen, listen to verse 18. I love this. He says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that every that in every way, whether from false motives of true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Paul comes <laughs> and he blows us out of the water. Sometimes things like this just frustrates me. It's like you don't know how I'm feeling. And, and Paul just says, but what does it matter? What does it matter? The most important thing is that in every way, wherever um, from false motives of truth motives or whatever, he sees and said, God is glorified. And that's all he wanted in life. That's all he was focused on in life. Christ is glorified. You see, so many times the stuff in our lives are more, uh, matters more than the true riches God wants to give us. I had to ask myself that question so many times. Do I want the stuff in life? Or do I want the true riches that Christ has for me? And you know what? The true riches mostly comes out of the trials we have to face. See, Paul says that we can sometimes get so worked up about the things. Uh, sorry, we, we get worked up about things when the only thing that truly matters is what Christ or God accomplishes through us. And I want God to accomplish something through my life. And you know what? God wants to accomplish something through your life. Just as much. You see, so many times we get to the place where something is really bothering us. We just have to learn to say, so what? What does it really matter? Now let me, let me explain to you this with a testimony. In 2000, and 2000 in June, July, I was sitting on an airplane coming back from the UK, having a three-week three tour. I was a professional runner for about 10 years, and I was coming back. I was in the Olympic team for Sydney 2000, and just before I got on that plane, I heard that I was taking out of the team because of a lot of reasons I don't want to go into today, but one of them was injury that I could have managed and I could have run, but I was taking out of that team, and I was sitting on an airplane Thinking, Lord, why can you do this to me? How can this happen? I mean, how can I come go from the palace to the prison in one moment? How can this happen to me? And I started to take things into perspective in that flight. 9, 10, 11 hours. And I was wondering, maybe I should start drinking because there's free booze on the airplane. Or maybe I should take things in perspective. And luckily, God is so amazing. He started showing me perspective in my life. He started seeing, Henny, what do this matters 50 years from now? What will it matter if you, would in a, you will be in a team 50 years from now, 10 years from now? Nobody would even know you were in a team. And suddenly, I started seeing things from a different perspective. I started to take things into perspective. Way different than the world makes me see see what mattered was that God did something in me and through me in that moment that launched my ministry that launched a testimony as I was enduring the test and it was a tough test I promise you 
I had to step through a lot of things. There was men in my life that saved my life. And God came in and he gave me a perspective and he launched my ministry. See, so many times we get wrapped up in the things that is not eternal because of worldly values. And I'm not saying those things are not important. But I'm saying sometimes when we drag things through a heavenly, eternal perspective, the other things becomes, so what? It becomes, so what? See, that's why Paul could say one of the most stunning and most amazing statements that any person has ever seen say, said in the history of the world. And he said this in verse 21, and it's not on here. You know it. In verse 21 he says, for me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Isn't that powerful? Sometimes we get to the most toughest places in our lives and we see things from a worldly perspective, how to please people around us, while we miss the most important perspective of all. Lord, how can I please you? How can I step into that plan that you have for my life that has got an eternal perspective? And I want you to know that Paul wrote this from death row, knowing that he would be killed any day. He wrote this, a letter that we're going to go through in this next few weeks to see how can we change our perspective when things are at its worst. To a place where God can say, hey, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain, man. So what if I'm chained to this guy? So what if I'm not preaching as a free man? At least I'm preaching to the most influential people in Rome at the moment by seeing it from God's perspective. See, God had called us to live from an eternal perspective. He has called us to live for eternal things. But our perspective needs to align to Him. On a daily basis when you open your word when you pray when you go through trials and you open your word and pray god clarifies your perspective yes there will be things that grows your perspective there will be things that that change your perspective but every day as a christian when we open the word when we pray when we sit and, and fellowship over who god is in our lives god clarifies our godly perspective on life I want to encourage you today, no matter what we're going through at the moment, maybe your business is struggling, your family is struggling, whatever is struggling, you're going through the why, 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 and God just said, I just want you today to change your perspective to, to an eternal perspective that says, I don't care, maybe God is making you to lose your business because I've called you to run a different business. To give you an opportunity to do this amazing thing. Maybe you're not getting that promotion at work because I actually want you in a different job where you can reach more people. I actually want you to be locked down in your house so that you can connect to your family again and not be driven with your work and with the job and with everything that's taking you away from them. You see, sometimes we need to stop and change our perspective. And it starts by saying, Lord, I'm going to take this Bible and as I'm opening it, I'm going to trust Holy Spirit that you change my perspective because I need a perspective change now. Maybe you, you're fighting with your wife and they've got, I mean, there's so much disruptions. There's no peace in your home because you can't get to an agreement. And then sometimes as a man or a woman, you need to go on your own and just sit in the bathroom if you have to 
And just open his Bible and say, Father, I want you to give me a different perspective of what I'm believing at the moment. And as soon as we change our perspective on life, our perspective as Christians change, as men, as women, as business owners, as fathers, as mothers. And that's exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you're encouraged today. I hope sometimes that God wants to shock us to get us to a place that He can start work through us. I mean, so many times God had to shock me, slap me awake and said, Henny, I want you to change your perspective. You are thinking wrong. And maybe it's a good time today where you can ask and say, Father, am I looking from the wrong perspective? Am I looking at at things from a worldly perspective, trying to fit God into that perspective? Am I looking from a godly perspective, adding my worldly needs to that? I want to pray with you today. I want to trust God that as I'm praying today, and even as I'm, I've been speaking today, that God has been highlighting some things in your life. And even in my life, as I was preparing this, I thought, oh Lord, I need to change my perspective on so many things in my life. Will you help me? So I'm going to pray this morning. And I'm going to trust God with you. That God's going to change something. Won't you close your eyes with me? Father, I thank you. Lord, you love us more than anything else. You're never a God who comes and wants to give us a hiding or, or want to shouted us you always a god that's in a good mood that loves us more than anything else and i thank you father did you come with such a loving way to change sometimes our perspective on life as much as a fireplace change our perspectives from cold to hot or maybe the truth comes and change our perspectives from thinking you're right to knowing that you're wrong Lord, I thank you that you're coming as a loving father today and you start changing some perspectives in our lives of how we're looking at this pandemic or how we're looking at sickness or how we're looking at the word or how we're looking at our true identity of, as Christians. And I thank you, Father, this morning that you as a loving father comes and just nudge us to the right direction and whisper in our ear to say, stop asking why. And start asking, Lord, what are you about to do through me? What are you about to do in me? What are you about to do to glorify yourself? Father, we thank you that, that you've called each and every one of us for something amazing. And Lord, I thank you that you've placed us in each other's lives to call the best out of it. To bring the gold out of each other. Father, no matter what the situation, we want to have an eternal perspective where you are glorified. Thank you that you are a God who wants to supply in all our needs, who wants to give us all our dreams, but through your perspective. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.